Bibles tonight, would you turn to Genesis chapter number 24? Genesis chapter number 24. Appreciate the good singing tonight. Young ladies in the church. And for just a moment, I want to read just a few verses. Pretty much going to be preaching through this whole chapter here, but I'll just read a few verses tonight. The Bible said in verse number one, and Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, unto whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land, must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And I'll pray now, dear Heavenly Father, I love you tonight. God, thank you, Lord, for the Word of God tonight. Lord, thank you for the people of God. Lord, thank you for the church of God tonight. Lord, God, I just want to say thank you, God, for letting me stand here. God, thank you, Lord, for letting me preach tonight. I pray, dear God, that, Lord, for just a moment, God, would you put your hand on me. God, help me, God, to preach, God. Lord, help me, God, to say everything you'd have me say. Lord, no more and no less. God, I pray, dear God, that, Lord, you just put your hand on me, God, for just a moment. God, touch the preaching of your word. And God, anoint me, I pray, with power and wisdom and holy unction tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, that, God, you'd help your people. God, we love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So in chapter number 23, just a little bit of background tonight, you have the death of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And uh, Abraham don't know it yet, but in the very next chapter, in chapter number 25, his death will be recorded. And right here in chapter number 24, right here in the middle, before Abraham departs, uh, y'all help me out right here, he's wanting to make sure that the very last thing he does on this earth is that he secures a bride for his groom, for his son. Amen. Who does that sound like to you? Amen. That sounds like God the Father. And this man right here, this unnamed servant of Abraham, uh, he makes a promise to Abraham that he's going to go and he's going to find a, a wife for his son Isaac. And my friend, aren't you glad for the day that God sent the Holy Ghost by your way with
thing needed that uh, that would win the bride for his groom. Amen. For her groom. My friend, I want to say to you, aren't you glad for the day the Holy Ghost came by your way and wooed you and swayed you and won your heart to Christ. Amen. I want to say glory be to God for the day the Holy Ghost showed up in the back of that hayfield and my friend turned my heart away from this world. So me I was lost and on my way to hell. Showed me there was something better. Showed me there was something better than anything this world had to offer. I say glory be to God that He sent the Holy Ghost my way. Amen. Amen. I want to take for just a little while and look at this servant here. And this man, if you look over here in verse number 27, the Bible said, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way. He said, I being in the way. I want to say to you tonight, that we're in the will of God. We sing that song, that old hymnal, I'm in the glory land way. And some of us in here, we can't sing that song with joy in our hearts, with joy in our soul, because we never got in the way. I want to say there's some of us in here tonight, we're sitting there listening to the preaching every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night, and there's rebellion in your heart. You're sitting there, everything the preacher's saying, you won't succumb to it. You won't get under it. You won't get with it, my friend. I want to say to you tonight that we need to get in the way. Amen. How do you know you're in the way? There'll be some things that mark your way. And this man, he had a commission. Verse number 2, And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had. Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my country, unto my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. This man, he had a commission. He had a command to go. My friend, if you've ever been saved, you've been saved for any length of time, then you've got a command to go. You've got a command placed on you to go and tell somebody about Jesus. Can I tell you, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn or to brag on myself, but when God saved me, the first thing I wanted to do was tell everybody that I knew. When God saved me, it was right at the end of summer. I went to high school and what was it? I believe it was 10th, 9th or 10th grade, I believe. But my friend, I want to say to you, all my friends, the first thing I did was start telling them about Jesus, what God had done for me over the summer, how God had changed my life. My friend, I lost a lot of friends over that. A lot of them left me. A lot of them forsook me. A lot of them after that didn't want anything to do with me. But there was a command placed on my life to go and to tell everybody that I could. I remember one day I stood there in my homeroom class and the Holy
dealing with my heart and he's saying you need to tell all these around you every time I picked up my eyes and I looked around all I could see was sinners bound for hell and my friend this set me under so much conviction because I knew somebody that could help them and I was sitting there in the corner with saying nothing to anybody but my friend I had a Bible I stood up and I started reading the Bible verse saying my friend for God so that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friend, I stood up and I had a stack of gospel tracts there in the back of my Bible. I stood there in front of that class and passed them all out. My friend, I want to say to you, if you've ever been saved, there's a command placed on your life to go and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. This man had a commission. He was told to go. Now why was it him? A lot of times we'll, we'll get saved and we'll start giving things to God and God start asking us to do things and things we don't want to do and things we're not comfortable doing. Just like Brother Seth said, it's not always easy being a Christian. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in an uncomfortable position. Sometimes God's going to put you in a place where you don't really see that you fit in. Sometimes God's going to put you somewhere where you just ain't comfortable and it's hard to do it. My friend, it's hard for me to talk to people and God had me do that there in my ninth grade year. My friend, it's hard for me to go knock on somebody's door and tell them about Jesus and invite them to church. That's hard for me. I don't like talking to people. I don't like talking talking to people I don't know. And it's nothing against anybody. It's just who I am. If, you, if I don't know you, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it's not that I don't like you. It's just I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I have nothing to say. But God's given me a Bible. God's given me something to say. This man had a commission. And I'm sure he left there and he started saying, why me? Why me? You'll find yourself in some situations and you'll say, oh Lord, why do you want me to do this? That's where Moses was. And God came to Moses out there on the backside of the desert and he said, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he said, why me, Lord? Why me? He said, why can't you send Aaron? Send Aaron, send anybody you want to, but me. Why me? Because this servant here, notice what the Bible said, it was Abraham's eldest servant. He served Abraham for a long time. And what did it say about him? He ruled over all that Abraham had. This man had some fruitful service. He had some fruit. I'm sure this wasn't some man who, who nonchalantly goes about his business not really caring about what he does and not really seeing to what he's got before him gets done. But my friend, this was a man that went to his business uh, and he made sure every T was crossed, every I was dotted. He made sure everything was in its place uh, and everything was done exactly right. My friend, this was the man that stood before Abraham and gave account for all that Abraham 
Abraham had. And I don't know if you remember this, but when Abraham come out of Egypt, he was a very wealthy man. He's got a lot of things. He's got a lot of wealth. He's got a lot of things that need to be taken care of. And this was his eldest servant. My friend, there's a lot of us in here. We've been saved for a long time. But where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? What kind of fruit do you have? You want to know why God ain't asking you to do nothing? Because you ain't doing nothing. Coming to church is the easy thing. That's the easy thing to do. I ain't always able to go to the jail, but when I get to, I go. Because God's given me something to say. God's put a commission on my life. God's given me a command to go tell somebody. And not only did He just give me a command to go tell somebody, He's given me a command to go preach the gospel. You don't have to be a preacher to go tell somebody about Jesus. You don't have to be a preacher to serve God. This man had some fruit. He did his job and he did it well. He gave it his all. Everything he had. He gave it everything he had. What are you giving to the Lord? A lot of men, a lot of these young preachers and everything, we look for a high office and we look for a place of position and a place of power, a place of authority. But God ain't going to give you none of that if you ain't doing nothing. God ain't going to give you that if you ain't giving nothing to Him. If you're wanting all that down the road, you better start looking at what you're doing right now. Because what you're doing right now is what's going to determine what you're doing down the road. Amen. He had some fruitful service. I can't remember my next one. He had a faithful pattern. He wasn't one of those that just showed up when he wanted to. He wasn't one of those that just showed up when it was convenient. He was one of those that showed up when it felt good and when it felt bad. He was one of those that worshipped God when he was on the mountaintop. And he was one of those that worshipped God when he was in the valley. He was one of those that worshipped God when the sun was shining. He was one of those that did right when the clouds were covering the sun and it was dark and dreary. We had a guy, actually just about a week ago, he, uh, he had come down from Iowa, <clears throat> and uh, he apparently was an electrician, had 20-something years experience in the electrical field. And uh, this man, he's like 40-something years old, and they put him with me to work, and he didn't want to be there. He did not want to be there. He made, he made sure I knew that he did not want to be there. Everything we, we did, he had to go complaining. We had to go dig a ditch. He'd go to screaming and hollering about how we had to cover it up with a rake. <laughs> now, I will say this. It does get hard covering those ditches. 
A lot of those ditches, they can be about 300-something foot long. And that's a lot of covering with a rake. <laughs> but he'd go to complaining. He didn't want to get in no attic. He didn't want to crawl up under a house. Now, granted, he was about 6'4", maybe close to 300 pounds, if not 300. He wasn't a little guy. The attic and crawl space thing. But everything we did, he just complained and griped. We'd get done with one job in the day. He'd get back to the shop. He'd clock out and go home. Wouldn't say nothing to anybody. He'd call into work every other day. Didn't want to be there. This servant of Abraham's was not like that. He showed up every day when he felt good and when he felt bad. Let me ask you this. What's your service like? What's your service like? Not just what kind of fruit do you have, but what's your service like? What's your labor like? What are you doing right now for God? Notice the Bible calls this man a servant. You know what that word servant signifies? That he's not laboring for himself. He's laboring for somebody else. He's doing everything he does for the, for the, for the benefit of Abraham. You know what marks the life of a Christian? It's not what we do for ourselves what we do for him and I'll be honest with you tonight that sets me under conviction quite a bit because I catch myself quite often in my life doing more for myself than I do for him I feel like we ought to examine ourselves quite often because I believe that a lot of us we might say that we're doing this for the Lord we're, we're, we're doing the will of God we're doing the will of God but my friend, I want to say to you, there's a lot of us in here that saying we're doing that, but really what we're doing is what we're doing this for ourselves. We're doing this for our own glory. And it's in vain. You'll bear no fruit. What's your service like? He had some fruitful service. He had a faithful pattern. He had a fervent love. This man, I'm trying to find the verse. Verse number 12, and he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. He could have prayed and he said, Lord, show kindness unto me. Show kindness unto me. Make this go quick. Make this go painless. Make this go effortless. Lord, just make this happen so I can be done with it. Lord, just help me. Help me. Help me. But he didn't say that. He said, Lord, show kindness unto my master Abraham. <clears throat> I don't think it's so much that we have to love what we're doing. But it's more like... We love who we're doing it for. 
Brother Dallas going preaching in the jails every week. I know it's tiring. Brother Seth, the nursing homes and the Garden City Rescue Mission and all that you do and then running your own lawn and maintenance business and hauling tires and everything. I know that's a lot on your plate and I know it's hard and I know it don't feel good, but you're doing it for Him. You're not doing it for yourself. And you don't have to love what you're doing, but you love the one you're doing it for. And that's what makes it worth it. My friend, you go and find anywhere in that Bible where you find the name of this servant. You won't find it. I challenge you to go look for it. You will not find it. I don't think it matters so much about your talent. I don't think it matters so much about how good we are at anything how good you are at talking to anybody I don't think it matters so much about what we can manufacture but my friend what makes the difference is the faith that we have in what we're doing or the faith that we have in who we're doing it for I want to say to you tonight God's not pleased with your talent God's not pleased with anything you have to offer but what He's pleased with is faith 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 is what makes the difference my friend I want to say to you tonight that my friend it may look bad it may seem bad at times and it may be and you don't have to like what you're doing but my friend when God looks at you serving on and toiling on and going on when the waves get high and when the road gets rough and the days get dark my friend he'll smile on it and he'll bless it and my friend he'll make it right hallelujah this man had a commission go he was commissioned because of his fervent love because of his faithful pattern because of his fruitful service he had a history of these things some of you sitting back here sitting in this congregation sitting here talking about saying in yourself the preacher don't ever ask me to do anything Preacher, don't ever ask me to do anything for this church or ask me to do anything for him. When's the last time you showed up to a church work day? When's the last time you just looked out there in the yard and saw a piece of trash and walked over there and picked it up without somebody asking you to do it? When's the last time you saw them pine cones out there by the road and just walked over there and said, well, I just think I'll just go pick these up? How many times have you walked past a piece of trash laying on the floor in the middle of this aisle right here and never even gave a second look at it? Preacher may not be asking you to do anything because you ain't doing nothing. He had a commission to go. Not only was it his commission it was his course his course was marked by submission this man Bible said that he served Abraham for many years Bible said it was Abraham's eldest servant and I don't think you become the eldest servant by not doing what you're told to do. That guy I was just telling you about that worked for us, he don't work for us no more. Didn't want to be there, didn't want to do what he was supposed to do, 
They didn't see no need for him. I don't think Abraham would have been so different. But this man, he submitted himself under the authority of the man of God. He submitted himself under the authority of this man. I want to say to you tonight that you'll never get anywhere in your Christian life if you don't submit yourself to the authority that God's placed in your life. My, for you young preachers, if you don't submit yourself to the authority of your pastor, what makes you think that God's going to let you go preach for somebody else? What makes you think that God's going to let you go serve under another preacher in somebody else's pulpit? A lot of us walk around with a little rebellious heart, rebellious attitude, don't want to do what we were told to do, don't want to do what we were asked to do. The preacher stands up here and preaches till he's blue in the face and you sit there with your stony heart and your stony eyes saying, I'm not going to listen, you can't make me do anything. And while that may be true, my friend, God will hold you back because if you never learn to come under the authority that's been placed in your life, you'll never learn to come under the authority of God. And God can't do anything with anybody that won't submit to His authority. My friend, I want to say something to you. You young men, if you ever want to find you a good wife, you better be looking for somebody who submitted themselves to a daddy that's lived in their life. My friend, I want to say to you, you young ladies, you ever want to find you a husband, you better learn to submit yourself to the man that God's put in your life. You say, my daddy might not be serving the Lord. That don't matter. God never said your daddy had to serve the Lord for you to obey Him. The Bible said, children, obey your parents. He didn't say, children, if your daddy serves the Lord, obey Him. He didn't say that. He said obey Him even though He might be wrong. What He says is right. That's right. That's right. If she ain't never learned to submit herself to her daddy's authority, she'll never learn to submit herself to you. Levi, don't go for some girl. Just because she's pretty. Just because she smells good. Just because she might make you glow in the eyes and make you walk a little funny. My friend, I want to say to you tonight, you better look for a girl who loves God and loves her daddy and serves her daddy and does what she's told. My friend, I want to say to you, you better learn to come under the authority that's been placed in your life. You'll never get anywhere in your life without submitting yourself to authority. I've never known anybody that's gotten ahead in life by being rebellious. I've never you go and look at that rebellious crowd where's most of them at? They're down there where Dallas is preaching to them. Out there in the jail. Either that or in the graveyard. That's right. How you know you're in the will of God? What's your course look like? Has your course been paved by submission? Has your course been paved by supplication? What's your prayer life like? Notice what Abraham told this man. He said, go into my country, into my kindred, and find my son a wife. He didn't say what she's going to look like. 
He didn't say what her name was. He didn't say what her daddy was. He said, go into my country, into my kindred, and find my son a wife. You talk about a heavy burden. I mean, we're not talking about anything but the bloodline of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Savior of the human race. Boy, you talk about a heavy load. You better be prayed up. Better be studied up. You're going to do something like that. This man got out there as soon as you see that he left Abraham. He gathered what he needed to gather. He got on the road. And he said, Lord, bless this. He said, Lord, I can't do this without you. I can't make it without you. He said, Lord, I can't see this through. I can't make this happen. Lord, I can't make this prosper. But you can. But you can. <laughs> I got news for you tonight. We might think we're all big and bad and we got power. We can make some things happen. You ain't as big as you think you are. You ain't as bad as you think you are. You ain't as powerful as you think you are. You can't make these kind of things happen. But God can. God can. Before my wife showed up to this church, I prayed. I said, Lord, give me a wife. Lord, would you let me have a wife? I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. Now, I know I was young, but I knew I wouldn't be good on my own. I know me. I get myself in trouble when I'm by myself. I know me. Lord, give me a wife. And she came in here that one day. I can't remember if it was a Wednesday or a Sunday or Tuesday, Monday, I don't know. <clears throat> I can't remember. All I know is when she walked through that door, my eyes got all big. Couldn't stand still. <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything to her and I didn't want to make a move until God said, that's the one. And I, I told her this before. I don't know if I told y'all, but we was at Brother John Dorsey's at the can meeting with teenagers. And she went walking past me down to the altar, and the Lord said, there's your wife. And just as clear as day right there, sitting on the second pew in John Dorsey's church, the Lord said, there's your wife. <laughs> I can't make these things happen. Daughter, she started asking questions about being saved. I kept telling her, I said, you'll get saved when you're ready, sweetie. I said, we'll get you saved when you're ready. I can't tell you how many times she's come to me, but I reckon she got tired of coming to me, and she went to Brother Josh. <laughs> I don't care who she went to. 
I'm just glad she went. Amen. <laughs> and boy, I'm just tickled pink that God let me have the privilege to baptize my own daughter. I can't make these things happen. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed with all my might that God would get a hold of my brother when he was living it up in Nashville at college. And my friend, I remember stretching myself out upon his bed and praying, God, get a hold of him. God, break him. Dropping those hot tears upon his pillow and praying over his soul. And my friend, when he comes back, we have a three-week revival and God sets Holy Ghost conviction down upon on this place I'd turn around and I'd look at him he'd be bloodshot red shaking like a leaf my friend I knew God was going to break him that night glory be to God I can't make those things happen but God can that one you're praying for that one that's lost that one that's out there in the world that one that's out there on drugs that one that's out there on the alcohol that one that's in the jail my friend keep on praying you can't make it happen but God can God can God can course was marked by supplication. I'm out of breath. (laughs) His course was marked by sincerity. How bad do you really want to serve God? I believe, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but that might be a good indicator of whether you're saved or lost. <clears throat> the Bible said we love Him because we, He first loved us. And God loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son down to this world to suffer and die in our stead. So often we take for granted the death of our Lord Jesus on the cross of Calvary. We go day by day and don't even give it a thought on why Jesus died. The Bible said that the man that knew no sin became sin. So that why? so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. The Bible said that Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. My friend, Jesus came to this world to be taken captive so that you could go free. My friend, Jesus came to die on the cross of Calvary so that you could have your life and not have to die in the wrath of God. He took your place. How bad do you really want to serve God? His way, His course was paved by submission. His course was paved by supplication. His way was paved by sincerity.
How do you know you're in the will of God? You have a commission on your life. How do you know you're in the will of God? You have a course that's already been mapped out. How do you know you're in the will of God? Because you've got a companion in the way. This servant, when he found this wife, when he found this wife, verse number 27, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master, Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. And I being in the way, what does the rest of that say? The Lord led me. The Lord led me. Over here in verse, I believe number 7, the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. There ain't nowhere you've gone today that God wouldn't hadn't already been yesterday. Hallelujah. Ain't that a wonderful thought? Ain't that a wonderful thought? This man, how, do you, how did he know he was in the will of God? He had a companion. He had a companion that went with him. God saved me. And y'all know my testimony. I was the only one that came to church. Sometimes my mama would bring me and drop me off and she'd go back home. But a lot of times, the preacher would come and pick me up and bring me to church. And I'd come and I'd sit on the front pew and cling on to every word he had to say. God saved me. All I wanted to do was tell everybody I knew about Jesus. And nobody I knew wanted to hear it. I felt alone. I felt like I was the only one that wanted to serve God. And I'm going to say this about my daddy and... He's apologized for this since then, but we've gone to, we'd go to church. My mama, she would come, or she came that night. And boy, I mean, God moved in a mighty way. We was running laps around the building. I think it was that night after Brother Josh had got his, got his hernia, and uh, he went to take a lap around the building, and he's running like this right here. More like a walk with a limp. And me and Brother Caleb were, were, we didn't want to pass him. You know, he's the pastor. Didn't want to run past him. So we're just sitting there kind of running in place behind him. And, uh, but boy, it was wonderful. Glorious service. We get home and 
or I get home, Mama got home before I did, I, Brother Josh gave me a ride home, and uh, Brother Josh dropped me off, I'm standing in there in the kitchen getting me a glass of tea, and my daddy comes in there, and this is what he says to me, he says, so did you have fun with your little colt over there? And I can't explain to you the rage that filled my heart when he said that. But I looked at my daddy. And I said, Daddy, I'm not going to say what I want to say to you for that. And I put my glass down and I turned around and walked off. I was so mad that my daddy would say something like that. But he came to me the next day and he apologized. You talk about somebody felt alone. I felt alone. But can I tell you what made it all worth it? One day, Brother Josh got to preaching on country music. God got to dealing with my heart about country music. Didn't do no good for me. All them old country singers singing about drinking in the bars and all the pretty women and parties and all that kind of stuff. Which, when I was growing up, it was all starting to... Country music is starting to turn pretty much into hip-hop anyway. And uh, God started dealing with my heart about it. So I told the Lord one night, I said, Lord, if you want me to quit listening to country music, I'll quit took all the country music CDs that I had. I went out there in the backyard. I built me a fire. And I threw them in the fire. Next time me and Mama went to Walmart, I went back there to the CD section, or whatever you want to call it, and I found me some gospel CDs. Sitting there one day, and I'd sitting there watching a TV show, one I had no business watching anyway. My name is Earl. And uh, God got to deal with my heart about that TV show. I said, why don't you just turn that off? Why don't you just turn that off? Well, I turned it off, and then it was just dead quiet in there. So I thought to myself, I was like, I'll just go turn on this, one of these new CDs I got back here. I was there at the house all by myself. I turned the CDs on, and I sat there in the living room just sitting there, just listening to it. And more the Holy Ghost of God showed up. I had the best meeting with God that I've ever had in my life. You know what makes it all worth it? It's the companion that goes with you. Anyway, I'll, I'll give you these last few little sub-points. This companion that he had, it was his provision. Everything that needed to happen, everything he asked for God for he asked God to do, God did. It wasn't just his provision, it was his power. What kept him going on? The power of God. The grace of God. Let me tell you, young preacher, something. If you ever make it, it's not going to be because you're something. If you ever make it, it's not going to be because you're somebody. It'll be by the grace of God that you make it. 
It was his provision. It was his power. It was his praise. How you know you're in the will of God? You've got a commission. How you know you're in the will of God? You've got a course. How you know you're in the will of God? You've got a companion. Amen. Heavenly Father, I love you tonight. God, thank you. God, I bless your name tonight, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, thank you, God, for helping me tonight. Lord, preach, Lord, what you've preached to me. Lord, I bless your name tonight. Lord, I pray, God, that, Lord, you'd have helped somebody, Lord, tonight. Lord, let us not leave here, God, the same way that we came, but, God, let us leave here better than the way we came. Lord, touch us, God, tonight. Lord, help us. Lord, we love you. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.